0: the name Jesus. This beautiful name, this familiar name, carries great meaning for each one of us. Two simple but profound lessons within this name. Lesson number one, we need saving from our sins. And lesson number two, in Jesus, the baby of Christmas, the Lord has come to save us.
1: Welcome to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you've joined us today. And Jonathan, I want to look at that name Jesus and those two truths or those two statements you just made there. What do you mean when you say that in the name Jesus, we can learn that we need saving from our sins?
0: It's so interesting that Mary and Joseph were given very specific instructions about what they should name the baby who was to come. Uh, When the angel came and brought instruction, he said, you are to name the baby Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And the word Jesus means the Lord saves. And in that name and in that instruction, there is a huge amount of information for us about the the identity of this baby and the nature of his mission to earth. and And it tells us that this baby actually came on an urgent rescue mission.
1: You know, when we talk about, and maybe some of us have even heard that phrase before, that Jesus came... On this urgent rescue mission, some of us may be saying, well, that that sounds okay, but what do we actually need to be rescued from? I mean, what's the big deal? Why did he have to come?
0: Well, and it's an interesting thing to ponder, isn't it? Because if we took a survey of perhaps even folk listening to this broadcast today and say, you know, what is it you feel you might need rescuing from at the present time this Christmas season? You know, you might say, well, I need rescuing from an overfull calendar. It's just chaos at this time of year. I'm too busy. Yep. Or, or you might say, I, I, I need rescuing from an overdrawn bank account because I've been spending too much money right now. Or, or you might say, I, I need rescuing from my tricky family dynamics. It's so stressful right now. Or, you know, we could go on and on and on and talk about all other spheres of life. And, and, you know, we're all aware that things in the world are not as they could be and not as they should be. And we look at our own personal situation. We know that's true. Then we look at the geopolitical situation globally, and we look at the national situation. We recognize, I mean, there's so much that is so wrong with the world. But the Bible would say that actually all of those things, real as they are and significant as they are, they are symptoms of the deeper problem facing humanity and, and the problem that lies really at the heart of the history of the world. And the Bible's name for that problem is sin, the problem of sin. And the Bible tells us that we have rejected the God who made us. We've turned away from following his word and loving and serving him as we were created to do. And as we've rejected his word and his way, as we've rejected him, we've brought upon ourselves consequences that we couldn't possibly have imagined but which have been utterly disastrous. And so when the Bible presents Jesus as the Savior, as the one who has come to rescue us, he has come to rescue us and to save us from that fundamental problem, the problem of sin, and its consequences both in time and in eternity.
1: Well, we're so glad that you have joined us today as we look at these truths that Jonathan has been sharing with us already. We're gonna continue in the book of Matthew, If you have a Bible handy, grab that and join us in chapter 1 as we begin our message, Simply Called Jesus. Here is Jonathan.
0: What is in a name? What significance is found within a name? What weight of meaning is carried by a name? Whenever a new baby is on the way, the parents-to-be have a job on their hands figuring out what name shall we give to this child. And perhaps there is some research into the family history to see if there are some names in the lineage that could be reused. Perhaps there's a little bit of digging in the dictionary of names. I think we still have on our shelf at home an Oxford dictionary of names. Perhaps there's a little bit of googling what are some Names that are current at the minute, popular at the moment. And once a name is found that sounds pretty good, there is further digging. What does this name mean? And does it resonate with our hearts? This Christmas season, we are giving special consideration to the names for the babe of Christmas that we are taught in the gospel story. The name Emmanuel, the name Christ, The name Son of God, and this evening, perhaps the most familiar name of all, the name Jesus. The name given for the child by the angel who came and brought a message for Joseph, the father-to-be. And to learn of this story, we read in Matthew chapter 1, and I'd love to read it for us, a a story that is familiar, that is quaint, and that is beautiful. This is Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. from their sins. It's an unusual story, isn't it? But familiar to each one of us. A famous story, the story at the heart of Christmas. A young couple we imagine very much in love. A betrothal, a plan for a wedding, and then this news. A baby on the way. Confusion, perhaps a sense of betrayal, despair, and then some planning. How do we manage this situation? What is the best way forward with the least shame and the least embarrassment? And then an angel in a dream and a message. Joseph, have no fear. Mary's done nothing wrong here. Don't cancel the wedding, Joseph. This baby is from heaven above. This baby is from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, you are to give this baby a very special name. The name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means quite simply the Lord is salvation or the Lord saves. This is a name laden with meaning. And of course, that meaning is drawn out by the angel's message. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This beautiful name, this familiar name carries great meaning for each one of us. Two simple but profound lessons within this name. Lesson number one, we need saving from our sins. And lesson number two, in Jesus, the baby of Christmas, the Lord has come to save us. In these brief moments together, I want to consider those two lessons, lessons which are weighty, And meaningful for each one of us here. Lesson number one. We need saving from our sins. The message comes from heaven above. It comes from the angel who came. There is a salvation that is needed. You know, sometimes we're in danger and we don't even know it. I was getting the house ready for the the night the other evening, and I was going around turning off all the lights. Everyone had gone upstairs. I was the last one downstairs, and I was turning out the final lights. And as I walked by one of our gas fireplaces, we have a couple in the house, and as I walked by one, I thought I I caught just a a sort of a whiff of something. And so I stopped in my tracks, and I I knelt down, and I got a little bit closer to the fireplace, and I thought, no, I, I really do smell something. And and the pilot light on this fireplace had gone out, but it seemed as though the valve had stayed a little bit open and there was gas coming into the room. And of course, I ran ran outside in the cold and turned off the gas supply right away. But we were in danger, we really didn't know it. And although the leak was probably fairly small, if that had gone all night, well, the consequences could have been catastrophic. The Bible tells us that you and I are in danger, whether we know it or not. We've got a serious situation on our hands, and the name of that situation quite simply is sin. The Bible tells us that we were created, we were made to love and honor God and to obey Him, responding to all His good gifts to us in creation with gratitude and obedience and praise. But none of us has done that perfectly. None of us has done that as we ought. And the Bible says that's a significant problem. Now, on one level, that may be news to us, but, you know, each of us has some inward sense of that. Each of us has a conscience, which is actually a gift from God. But each time we do something that we know is not straightforwardly honest or kind or upright or generous, there's a, there's a little pang of something within. And we know that something is not right in our attitude and in our behavior, it's it's a little alarm bell that the Lord has built into each of us in creation. And we have an awareness, I think we all do, and we know it. But the Bible, the word of God, takes that little alarm bell and it amplifies it for us and it clarifies it for us and tells us that our behavior is an offense to the God who made us because he calls us to something higher, to his standard of perfection, to his standard of purity. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and have fallen short of God's glorious standard, the standard of his own character. And the Bible tells us that's a problem. Sin is a problem because the God who made us in such kindness and generosity also calls us to account. The God who is our creator is also our judge and we will have to answer to him. And because of our sin, because of the wrong in our lives, each one of us, we've got a problem before God. We need saving. And that's at the heart of the angel's message to Joseph. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. These people, they need saving from their sins. And this baby has come. So if the first lesson of the name is that you and I, we need saving from our sins, the second lesson of the name is simply this, in this baby of Christmas in Jesus The Lord has come to save us. With each fresh snowfall at the start of the winter season here in Ottawa, we all need to learn how to drive in the snow as if all over again. We've forgotten over the summer, haven't we? And after the first big snowfall of the season... We hear reports, don't we, all over the place of fender benders and of more serious accidents. And I don't know about you, I've been seeing quite a few of these on my newsfeed just over the last 24, 48 hours. A number of quite serious accidents, actually, in our region on the highways over the last couple of days. And as I read of these reports, I'm always so heartened to hear there was an accident on the highway and emergency services, a volunteer firefighter, someone was there within five minutes. And the emergency services, they were there with their equipment. And, and sometimes they've got to cut someone out of a car if it's too crumpled. And they get folk out and they get them to hospital and they get them the help they need. And, and we're so very, very thankful for the work that they do. The angel says this baby came as a rescuer. This, this, this baby came as a, as a savior, so, what is the strategy of the baby of Christmas to bring salvation to sinners who face the judgment of God? How will he do that? Well, the somber reality of Christmas is that the story that begins in innocence and beauty in the stable in Bethlehem on a starry night, it points forwards and finds its culmination in the agony of the cross. That is the stark reality of Christmas. The story begins in a manger, but it heads toward a cross of shame and of agony. The Bible tells us that the cost of sin, the price of sin, the wages of sin is death. Sin against a holy God is always a capital offense, and the price of sin is, is death. And the message of Christmas is that the baby who came came to save sinners by dying in our place he was born that he might die on the cross of Calvary, and in dying, pay the price that is ours to pay, bear the judgment that is of our deserving, that we might be forgiven if we trust in him, if we place our hope and our confidence in the child of Christmas. The name Jesus, it's familiar enough. I wonder, do you know what it means? Do you know the full weight and the significance of the name? You shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. You and I, we need saving. We've got a problem. Whether we knew it or not, there's there's a dangerous situation developing. And do we understand that the child of Christmas who came in such innocence and beauty came that he might die in our place, that he might save us from the death That is ours to die. That's the meaning of the name. That's actually the message of Christmas, and that is the invitation of Christmas to receive by faith the gift of salvation that this child came from heaven to give. As we consider this wonderful message in this beautiful name, I want to lead us in a word of prayer. God our Father, we thank you for the child of Christmas. For the Lord Jesus Christ, who came into the world to save sinners. We thank you for the beautiful name of Jesus given to him because we were in need of salvation and he came to save. Help each of us this Christmas to know the meaning of his name, to trust in him, and to delight in him as our personal savior. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: You're listening to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths. Our message today is called Jesus, and it's part of a series called Name Above All Names. If you've missed any of the broadcasts in our series, I do hope you'll come and listen online. Our website is EncounterTheTruth.org. And that's a great way to stay connected with Jonathan's teaching. You can also listen on the go if you have the Encounter the Truth app. That's free. And you're going to find that at your app store. Again, simply look for Encounter the Truth and you can listen whenever it fits your schedule. Well, Encounter the Truth is listener supported. It is your giving, your generosity that keeps Jonathan's teaching on this station. And as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to send you not one, but two copies of Jonathan's book, Light of the World.
0: Jonathan, why two copies? Oh, that's simple, Steve. We want you to be able to read one copy and we want you to be able to give away the other copy. It's our hope that this book can get into the hands of people who don't yet know Jesus, who haven't entered into the joy of Christmas because they don't yet know the message of Christmas, and we'd love for you to get hold of these two copies. Read one yourself and enjoy thinking again about what it means for Jesus to be the light of the world, the light that came down and entered into the world at Christmas. But then prayerfully consider, who can I give this to? And then maybe follow up and have a conversation with them over coffee about how they enjoyed the book and maybe what what struck them from the book. We hope this can be a real tool for engaging with unbelieving friends and family this Christmas with the good news of Jesus.
1: Well, again, we want to send you not one, but two copies of Jonathan's book, Light of the World, as our way of saying thank you for your financial support. You can find out more or give online at EncounterTheTruth.org or call us at 833-998. 7884. Again, our website is EncounterTheTruth.org and our phone number is 833-99-TRUTH. Well, we're in a series called Name Above All Names. Today, looking at the name of Jesus, we've also looked at the name Christ. Next time, we're going to continue our series, Name Above All Names, and we're going to learn about the name Emmanuel. Here's just a preview of our next message.
0: Emmanuel, God with us. That's the name for the child. The name contains for us profound truths about God, the God who came to be with us in Christ. And here is the first one. Emmanuel tells us that God is committed to reconciliation. That's the first lesson of the name. God is profoundly committed to reconciliation. The God of heaven, the God of the Bible, the God of Christmas, He is a reconciling God. The experience of a, a fight, a disagreement, a relational breakdown with a loved one, it, it, it's an excruciating thing, of course. The, uh, the silence, the distance, the, the not seeing them. And perhaps it lasts for a long time. But it's such a wonderful thing as well, isn't it? When someone takes the initiative to break on through, to uh, show up, to try and make things right. I don't know your story, of course, and the details of it. But if you're someone with a broken relationship within your life, an estranged child or sibling, a long-lost friend, if you have that in your life, I guess there is a part of you that might just be overjoyed beyond measure if that person appeared on your doorstep this Christmas season. Maybe you have no idea where that person lives now. The the relational breakdown was so bad, they walked out the door, and they've never come back. For things to move forward, for things to be made right, one party needs to show up. One party needs to cross the divide, needs to take the initiative, needs to pursue reconciliation. The whole story of the Bible centers on a relational breakdown. In fact, according to the Bible, the whole story of the world hinges upon a relational breakdown that happened long ago at the beginning of history, and it's a breakdown that impacts and affects all of us here in a very profound way. The Bible teaches us so clearly that God made us. He made you and he made me for relationship with him. He created us to know him, to be known by him. He allowed our human parents to live in a place where his presence was available to them. He set Adam and Eve in a beautiful garden, a garden that he would visit regularly. Genesis tells us of how God would come down and walk with Adam in the garden in the cool of the afternoon. There was access. There was fellowship. There was even, we might say, friendship there, but then things went sour and they went sour so quickly the creator he gave plenty of freedom to adam and eve and actually only one prohibition they could eat from any tree in the garden save one the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it sounds simple enough but the prohibition the forbidden fruit as it were it was it was too enticing in the end what is god keeping from us they wondered "'Why shouldn't we eat?' they asked. "'What is he holding back from us that we might enjoy "'and we might benefit from?' "'And so Adam and Eve distrusted God "'and disobeyed his word, and they ate. "'And in that simple but oh-so-significant action, the, "'the relationship was broken, the fellowship was destroyed, "'and Adam and Eve that day, "'they came under the judgment of God. "'They were thrown out of the garden, "'thrown out of his presence.' And the ramifications of those events on that day were utterly profound. God is the source and the giver of life. And to be barred from his presence, it simply means death. It means the loss of the blessing of his presence. It means a hopeless future. Now, throughout the Old Testament story, and it's a long story, God indicated, he made it clear that he intended to address this crisis that he wanted to make a way for reconciliation, a way for his people to come home to him, to come back to the garden as it were. He called Abraham. He established the nation of Israel. He invited the people to worship him at the temple in Jerusalem. These were all very, very hopeful indications. They were powerful declarations of intent, but they weren't the full solution. And through all these rolling years of Israel's history, through the centuries, and indeed through the millennia, Israel had her ups and her downs, her days of glory, her days of discouragement. But the promise and the hope, it only became more concrete and more certain. And it centered more and more clearly on the coming of a very special person, of a baby of God himself. This becomes especially clear in the prophecy of Isaiah, actually, in days that are very, very threatening for the nation at a time when Israel was under increasing pressure, huge pressure from foreign powers, the Lord sharpens at that stage the promise of hope. And he speaks in concrete terms of his plan. And this is the prophecy that Matthew quotes. This is Isaiah 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel.
1: Well, that's just a little bit of what you're going to be hearing on our next broadcast. Hope you'll make it a point to tune in for that. But I know you may be on the go during this Christmas season, may not be able to listen to the radio when Jonathan's teaching is on the air. You don't have to miss Encounter the Truth. You can listen online at our website, encounterthetruth.org or through the Encounter the Truth app. But we're able to keep this program on this station and make it available online and through the app because of your generosity. And as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to send you not one, but two copies of Jonathan's book called Light of the World. One copy for you, one to give away. You can find out more about this or give a gift online right now when you come to our website, encounterthetruth.org or call us at 1-833-99-TRUTH. That's 1-833-998-7884. Or again, the website is EncounterTheTruth.org. For our Bible teacher, Jonathan Griffiths, and our producer, Mark Brutta, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time.